Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. Way to go, church. Way to love on our community, knowing those more than 500 kids who wouldn't have had a Christmas did. And I'm just so proud of you guys for all that you've been doing. And uh, let's look back at Christmas Eve for just a minute. This is my first weekend back with you. I just want to celebrate all of you who served. I know many of you were serving outside in the sub-freezing weather in the parking lot. Others of you were serving in here. Some were serving at Avon. Others of you You stepped out of your comfort zone by inviting someone, and uh, way to go, church. I'm just proud of you. I'm watching you be the hands and the feet of Jesus, and uh, couldn't be more thrilled. Uh, Because we all humbly served together, we got to share the good news of Jesus with more than 10,900 people, real souls, on Christmas Eve. And so praise God for that. More than 200 texted in that they had uh, prayed that prayer and receive Jesus as their Savior. I'm just so proud of you guys. This changes heaven. This changes people's lives in this world. And by the way, if you're new with us since Christmas or recently, I just want you to know today, God loves you. God sees you. No matter what you're going through in life, this is a place where you can come every weekend and hear the good news of Jesus uh, without religion, without extra rules, um, just the pure love of God, the God who made you loves you. Even if you're not sure yet where you stand with him or what you believe about him, you're always welcome here to just kind of sit with us and listen and take it all in. Um, Well, speaking of how God's at work here, this service and our nine o'clock service are consistently very full, which is what we categorize under the category of good problems. So please don't stop coming. We want you to keep coming. Uh, But we are starting a new service on March 2nd, a Thursday night service. Uh, It'll be this same service, but at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays, it'll actually be kind of the first service of the weekend. As we prayed about where we could add some capacity, we know that some of you have uh, sporting events on weekends. There's weekends where you leave town on Friday. We also knew that with our Saturday night service, we were never able to figure out middle school and high school ministry, and that's a, uh, the center of our heartbeat. Our mission is to raise the next generation. So this Thursday night service at 6.30, starting on March 2nd, We'll also have middle and high school. It has dinner before if you want to grab a bite to eat. And uh, I'm going to be there live, and Ron's going to be there live every Thursday night. So we are pumped for that and uh, excited to see God continue to grow his church. He's the head of the church, and uh, it grows as he causes it to grow, and as each one of us is faithful with our part. Well, speaking of each one of us, I just want to give a shout out to Pastor Ron. Can we just say thank you to Pastor Ron? One of my favorite Bible teachers in the country and uh, one of my dear friends as well. Just a huge answer to prayer that he and his family moved here. And I don't know about you, but Ron's messages these last couple weeks, as well as on Christmas Day, his devotional, really ministered to me. And I'm just so, so thankful uh, to have him here on our teaching team. And he kicked off last week this series called The Journey of Joy. Journey of Joy. If you missed last week's message, incredible message. And here's what we're talking about. Joy overlaps with happiness, but it's a little different. And here's how. Happiness dwells in your emotions. 
and because it dwells in your emotions, you can lose it really quick. It's not a bad thing. I mean, if you can get happiness, go for it. It's awesome. You just can't build your life on it because uh, it comes and goes. If you've ever had a toddler or babysat a toddler, you've seen this with little kids. They can go from uh, laughing to crying to angry to laughing all within about 60 seconds. And that's just part of the human condition. Our emotions are unreliable. What joy is, joy doesn't reside in your emotions. It can affect your emotions, but it actually resides in your inner person, what God calls your spirit or your soul. It is the internal and the eternal part of you. Now, I found a funny video that shows how fickle or how quickly our emotions can change. And it's a little boy who's watching a football game with his dad. He's mimicking his dad, but he gets it wrong. And then he course corrects. Feel free to laugh as you take a look. Check it out. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? <laughs> that is awesome. And parents, you know, keep in mind, your kids are, are modeling what you, what you do. Uh, we often say here, as you try to raise them for Jesus, they're going to pay a lot more attention to what you do than what you say, though what you say matters as well. But, uh, but that's a great example, how quickly our emotions change. This happened to me about two weeks ago. We were in one of my favorite places on earth, at least in the month of December. My family, every year, uh, we drive down to Florida uh, this is after our seven Christmas Eve services. We do Christmas Day at home. And then we always pack up our Toyota Sequoia and we hit the road on the 26th. Uh, the Sequoia is up to 245,000 miles, not quite as many as my Toyota Land Cruiser with 306,000. Made the trip down and back fine. It's a Toyota. It's awesome. So every year we do this, we, we drive for about four days to have about four days on the beach and it's totally worth it. I love it. It's my little carrot at the end of the year. December always a big push. And I'm like, all right, we're going to get down there. So thanks to a family that lets us use their timeshare, we always go down there. We have a blast. And we often see these things on the shore. Maybe you've seen them. They're called Portuguese man of war. They're kind of like a jellyfish. Technically, I guess they're different. They float. Uh, here's a picture of one floating. I didn't take this picture, but you can see it's poisonous stingers hanging down below. Well, I've seen them on the shore, and I know you're not supposed to touch them. I'd never encountered, I'd never gotten to touch one <laughs> until this year when I went from having kind of the best day of my life, like I'm in the sun in December, I'm with my favorite people, me and Jack were boogie boarding and uh, we're running out into the waves. We had just ridden a wave in, we were having so much fun, I've got my boogie board under my arm arm, we're running out, and then all of a sudden, it just felt like someone stabbed me in the back of the leg with a knife. I was just like, oh my goodness, what is that? I turned around, and I ran in, and you could see from about the middle of my thigh down to the bottom of my calf, this giant red mark. Those stingers, they actually like kind of go into your skin. They're, they're clear, and they're little, and oh my goodness, imagine a bee sting times like 15. It was, it hurt so bad. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys watch Friends. There's this Friends episode where one of them gets a jellyfish sting, and I guess there's this old wives' tale that you have to pee on it. Um, some of you know I have a little dog that greets me at home with pee, but we had left her in Indiana. Like the one time, the one time I could have used her pee greeting 
no luck. No one in my family wanted to take me up on this. So uh, our, our best bet was to get some ammonia. We poured that on there. And I guess really hot water helps to kill the stingers because they're still alive. And so uh, we got really hot water. But I have to tell you, it hurt really bad. And it was just one of those times where it went from like my favorite place, my favorite people, my favorite activity to boom, severe pain all of a sudden. Have you ever felt that way? Maybe for you, it was over the holidays. You had like the perfect meal spread and the presents, but then two people wouldn't get along or one person wouldn't show up. Our emotions, they can just flip on a dime. They can change so quickly. I wonder for you, what's kind of the jellyfish sting in your life? The thing that's kind of spoiling the party. And here's the question I want to circle around today. How can you experience fulfillment and satisfaction with an invincible deep level of joy, a joy that you have even in cancer treatment, a joy that you have even at a funeral home, a joy that you have even in pain, in suffering, way deeper than happiness, way more significant. It's this peace layered on with not only is it going to be okay, but I actually have optimism in the middle of what I'm going through. How can you get that? If, if God tells us where and how to get that, would you want to know how? Well, that's exactly what Pastor Ron started teaching us last week in the Gospel of John. We're going to pick up there because Jesus answers this question in John chapter 15. Very directly, he says it this way in verse 11. Jesus says, I have told you this. Why? So that my joy, the very joy of heaven, would be in you. And I've told you the things I've told you so that your joy would be complete or mature or overflowing. Now, here's what's radical about this moment when Jesus says this. He's on his way to the cross. Jesus and the disciples have just left the upper room where Judas has betrayed him. And he knows they're walking to the Garden of Gethsemane where soldiers are going to show up to arrest him. He's going to surrender and allow himself to be tortured, falsely accused. Pretty much every bad thing you could imagine, physically, relationally, spiritually, emotionally, is going to happen to Jesus in the next few hours. And in his lowest low, he has an overflow of joy, not only enough for himself, but enough to flow out and give some peace and joy to the disciples as well. Now, it might seem impossible, but here's what God promises through Jesus. A God-level joy and a complete joy. Now, I want you to just be honest with yourself. If you have some doubts about that right now, that's okay. Be honest with yourself. Maybe you're thinking, I don't think that kind of joy could really exist in my life. Would you for a moment acknowledge that there's some disbelief, but suspend it or set it aside and, and just think with me, open your mind and think, what if, what if you could have a God level joy in your life? What if you could have a complete mature joy that is with you even through suffering, even through difficulty? Well, what we see is that this is actually the heart of God for you. This is what God created you for. And uh, after we leave this world that's broken by sin and evil and corruption, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, you will be in an eternal state of joy. 
But in this life, you can start to experience some foreshadowing, some appetizers, some movie trailers of this supernatural joy. I'm not going to give you a whole exhaustive Bible study on joy, but let me just share uh, three passages from the Old Testament because I want you to see that even before Jesus, this has always been the unchanging nature in the heart of God. He wants joy for you. Nehemiah chapter 8 is an example. It's a story where God's people had all worked really hard to rebuild the fortifying walls around their city. They had all given everything they had, and it was... The first layer was done, but it didn't look great compared to neighboring cities. And then someone pulled out the Bible that they hadn't heard in years. And when they heard it, they just realized they had so far to go with God that they started to weep. And here's what God says through their leader in Nehemiah 8 verse 10. This is a great life verse, by the way. If you don't yet have a life verse, you could take the first half of this. Go enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. That is in the Bible. That's the heart of God for you. And if you know people who don't have any food or drinks, give them some. And then God says this, this day is holy to our Lord. I love this verse because the way I was raised, and maybe some of you relate to this, I was raised in this like really heavy religious expression of Christianity. It was all about rules. It was all about what not to do. And the assumption was, if you're spiritual, you're suffering. And the assumption was, if you're having a good time, you must not be very close to God. It was some kind of tradition thing. It's not in the Bible. Because look at this. It says, this day is holy. So what should you do? Eat some good food. Have some good drinks. Don't grieve. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. This is the heart of God, the joy of the Lord. Proverbs 17 puts it this way. A joyful heart is good medicine. Now, this was written about 3,000 years ago, but of course, modern physicians and researchers have learned that when you're in a good mood and you're surrounded by people and you laugh, not only does it release endorphins and serotonin, but it actually strengthens your immune system. On the other hand, a broken spirit, if you're isolated and you're depressed and that goes on for long enough, your immune system will start to get weaker. One of my favorite verses, Ecclesiastes 5. This verse is profound. If you want something profound, you can chew on this one for a week. Moreover, God gives someone wealth and possessions. Okay, that includes us. You might not think you're wealthy, but um, your car, your phone. I mean, we all have some wealth and possessions. I've highlighted the important part of this verse. God gives the ability to enjoy your wealth and possessions. That's, that's super profound. I'll come back to it. To accept your station in life, what are you called to do? And to be happy with your toil, that is your labor. What is it, what's the work that you're called to do? This is a gift from God. Now you might read that and think like, what's so profound about that? Here's what is so profound about that. God can either give you the ability to enjoy what you already have, or he can take it away. So there could be a person with a net worth of $50 million, the yacht, the cars, multiple homes, everything, God withdraws from them the ability to enjoy what they have. This happens. Those people are out there. There's another guy, he's got a little fishing cabin, doesn't even have plumbing inside. He's got a 40-year-old Toyota pickup. He's got a fishing pole, and God gives him the ability to enjoy every day of his life. 
Now, the point isn't that the millions of dollars or the stuff are wrong. God doesn't say they're wrong. But the point is this, those things can't give you the ability to enjoy life, but God can, and he offers it. Uh, you might think of it this way. Which would you rather have, uh, dinner at like your favorite restaurant? I'm not a huge like steak guy, but imagine it's Ruth's Chris or some like fancy expensive place, right? Dinner there, but your tongue is, is wrapped in tape and you can't taste any of the food. Um, or, or dinner at just like somewhere that it's $10 for the meal, but you can taste the food. Which one do you want? The, the point of this verse is this, God can give you taste buds to enjoy what you actually have. And here's the irony. Most of us pursue joy in life through all the things instead of saying, hey God, would you give me the ability to enjoy and taste what I already have and then he can give you more. So how do you get the joy that only God can give? Well, this takes us right back to what Jesus is saying. It's exactly what he's talking about. We looked at this verse, but now I'm going to highlight a different part of it. Jesus says, I have told you this. What is this? Well, if you open your Bible to the Gospel of John, it's essentially all of chapter 15 and probably a little bit of chapter 14. Jesus is referring back to what he's just been saying. He says, if you will believe and if you will obey the things I've shared with you, then my joy is going to flow into your life. And as a result, your joy will be filled up. It will be complete. It will be mature. I've kind of been studying this passage since Christmas Eve, uh, and I've found no less than 10 secrets, if you will, things that Jesus says, if you do this, you'll experience my joy. So I want to start to introduce you today to Jesus' secrets to your most joyful and fruitful life. And I would encourage you uh, in your Life Application Study Bible here in the rest of January to be reading these chapters. You might find some that I missed in the Word of God. Here's the first one. To live your most joyful life, first, you must be attached to Jesus. Uh, This is Jesus' base foundation. He's going to say things like, apart from me, you can do nothing. You've got to be attached to Jesus. Now, that that begins when you believe in Jesus to forgive your sins. But Jesus is going to take it up a level. He uses this very visceral analogy or metaphor of saying um, that we need to be attached to him in such a way that he is our lifeblood. Here's how he puts it in verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me, uh, uh, this word remain, it's a Greek word we'll unpack in a future week. It's used about a dozen times here in 11 verses. It means to abide. It means to journey with. It means to be in relationship with. If you remain in me, you abide in me. So it's not just that you believed in me one time, but you always choose to be with me. And I in you, then you'll bear much fruit. Joy, which he talks about a few verses later, is one of these fruits that will come out of our life when we're abiding in Christ. And then Jesus says, I mean, he's being very direct, apart from me, good luck. (laughs) Apart from me, you can do nothing. I wonder for this year, you've got 50 more weeks ahead of you in this new year. Do you want more joy in your life than you had last year? If you do, it is as simple as getting a little bit closer to Jesus, the source of joy. 
I mean, what if you made this your year? Think about this. What if you made this your year? That every time you long for fulfillment or, or for satisfaction, you look to Jesus. Because let's be honest, and I include myself in this, most of us, when we look for fulfillment or satisfaction, and we all do, God wired us that way, it's not bad that you look for those, okay? But most of us, we're like, oh, maybe it's this relationship. Ah, no, that didn't work out. Maybe if I get in shape. Oh, maybe with my finances. Maybe this promotion. Oh, what about, like, maybe we remodel the kitchen, maybe, right? And we do all these things. They're not bad things. But we're looking for the joy in those things. What if, what if you did this for one year? You just said, every time I long for fulfillment and satisfaction, instead of looking to God last or third or fourth, what if you look to him first? Like what if you just, uh, none of us will do it perfect, but what if you strived for that? What if you made that your, your kind of ambition for the year? I wanna look to God first for my fulfillment and satisfaction. I would suggest, based on these promises of Jesus, that your joy level would go up. I've found that to be true in my life. And, and I've really been praying for you guys this week because I just, I just want this for you. I want this joy for you. I want you to have it in the low times and in the high times. Now, at Christmas Eve, I showed you a picture of this Christmas present. And we talked about the free gift of salvation, that to have your sins forgiven, to know that you'll be with God in heaven, uh, to have your uh, name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You don't have to pay money. You don't have to do good deeds, but you do have to humble yourself. Uh, the Bible calls it repenting. It's the moment where you acknowledge, God, you're God and I'm not. You're perfect and I'm not. I've made mistakes. You call them sins. Jesus, you died on the cross for my sin. I'm gonna kneel down spiritually. I'm gonna acknowledge that I need your help. And Jesus, will you be my God? Will you be my Savior? Uh, every one of our Christmas Eve services here in this room, I got to hear um, the murmur as I prayed that prayer. And many of you prayed it out loud, some of you for the first time. And what you were doing is you were unwrapping this Christmas present from the Prince of Peace, from the God who gives peace and joy. What we're doing now today is I wanna teach you how to use this. Uh, kind of like if you got a new iPhone and you open it up, well, then you go through the sort of orientation stuff that's on the iPhone. So I will say this, feel free to be quick on the draw if you wanna take any pictures because I'm about to give you guys a bunch of tools. I don't think it's gonna be overwhelming, but I guarantee you if you're saying, I wanna grow closer to Jesus this year, there is a tool for you in about the next 15, 20 minutes. There's gonna be a bunch of them. So you can take notes if you want, but these days more often I see people taking pictures. So be ready to take a picture of the tool that will help you grow a little closer to Jesus. Here are the first two, okay? On the left is the Life Application Study Bible. This is a Bible, it costs about $30. Um, we buy hundreds, maybe thousands of them, and we give them away for free to people who will read them. And we have one for you today at our Connection Corner. We would love to give you one and teach you how to read it. You can start reading John chapters 14 and 15 in this series. This book will change your life if you'll read it. Don't be intimidated by it. Uh, most of us around you, we were intimidated, but um, someone taught us how to use it. We'll teach you how to use it. That's a great tool. If you say, John, okay, you're telling me to get closer to Jesus. I don't see Jesus. How do I do that? 
that's a great step. Another great step is for you to decide to say, I'm going to be a person who's in church every week. Uh, Unless I'm out of town, uh, if you have the flu, please stay home if you're sick, okay? If you're on vacation, good for you. I go on vacation too. That's a normal thing. But when you're in town and when you're healthy, be in the building. I know some of you are in other states and we're so glad you're with us online. But for those of you who live here in Indiana, you're within an hour drive or whatever. I know we've got some people who drive. We've got one person who drives an hour and a half I know of. But the point is this. I'm not trying to be extreme. Just put it in your calendar to say, this will be part of my weekly rhythm. Okay, so these are practical things. If you're saying, okay, I want Jesus joy in my life. Where do I start? Start with the Bible. Start with being here. Here's another place that you can start. If you've never been baptized for yourself, we'd love to help you take that step. It's incredibly joyful. Uh, There are often tears of joy uh, when folks do this. So two weeks from today, we'll be doing baptisms in all our services right over here to my right. The worship team will be playing. We don't put a microphone in front of you and make you talk to the whole church or anything. But it's a chance for you to say, I'm on team Jesus. I've received Jesus and that's who I am. And if you've never done that, um, you can go to cp.news. That's another one you can take a picture of. And very simply, you can start talking with a pastor who can explain to you what that's about. Okay, more tools in a moment, but right now an analogy. Uh, Who knows who this guy is? The guy in the lead. Shout it out. Who is this? Usain Bolt, that's right, world's fastest man. I mean, look at this. There's the second and third fastest guys in the world, and they're like way behind him. You know, most athletic records, um, cycling, swimming, uh, athletes will set the record and it stands for a year, maybe two, maybe three. These days, people are training at such a high level with dietitians and everything else, the records don't stand very long, except for... Usain Bolt's running records. I mean, he has he's just blown everyone out of the water. Here's a picture of Usain Bolt training. And I want you to just think about this for a moment. Obviously, he's got genetics. He's got a, a unique body that God has given him. Uh, Usain Bolt is about four inches taller. He's six foot five, four inches taller than most of the other sprinters. So for most of them, 100 yards is 45 Um, what do you call this? Strides? Yeah. For him, it's 40. (laughs) For him, it's 40. But here's the thing. Same guy, same genetics, same body. And, and, And we all know someone a little bit like this. He could be at a bar in Jamaica with a beer belly, right? Sitting around with his buddies and his buddies are all like, oh, you should have seen Usain when he was in high school. He was fast, man. Right? He had to train to get there. Even though he has probably the fastest body in the world, he still had to train. There still had to be some discipline involved. Uh, In fact, in his prime, he trained seven days a week, and it affected his diet. His favorite food is chicken nuggets. I've got one of those in my family as well. But he would go three months at a time without a single chicken nugget so that he could perform at his peak level. Usain Bolt would not know the joy of world records if he hadn't put in basic discipline of training. In a similar way, God has planted in you a God-given capacity for supernatural joy. God wants you to experience it. It's available, but only you can decide Will you do kind of the basic training? Now, you don't have to go run sprints, okay? It's not like that. The training isn't nearly as exhausting, but what it does require is some consistency. 
And so I want to ask you again, what if you made this your year? That you just said, this is my year. I'm going to, I just want to be a little closer to Jesus each week. You don't have to take huge steps, just one small step every week. I'm just going to get a little closer to Jesus each week. I would suggest from the promises of Jesus and from my life experience, your joy level will go up if you'll make that your goal for the year. So what are some things you can do? Well, we've already suggested get a life application study Bible. Put it in your calendar that, hey, I'm in church every weekend unless I'm out of town or sick. And then let me give you two daily tools that you can use. This first one on the left, our digital team just created, and it's awesome. I'm so proud of them. It's called CP+. Uh, It's a -a one-of-a-kind app. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google App Store. Uh, It has functionality with your Apple Watch, if you have one of those. And here's what it does. It's incredibly simple. Every day, it gives you one very short Bible verse, kind of like the ones that we've read here so far, like just one simple verse. And you hold down that you read that verse, and then it gives you one simple prayer. You pray that prayer. And then it will give you one simple action. And the point is this. It allows you in the busyness of, you know, you're at the school cafeteria, or you're going through just all the busyness of life. We want to help you follow Jesus Monday through Saturday, not just on Sunday. So CP Plus, it's free, uh, and we built it for you to help you, okay? Uh, The same is true of Daily Hope, which is um, a one to three minute video that gets texted to your phone every day. Uh, And usually I do those, and it's always from the Word of God, and it's just, here's a Bible verse for your day. Now, different personality types will like one or the other, but I would encourage you to at least check them out. Um, So here's my heart for you today. If joy is found by abiding in Jesus, then how do you, real person in Indiana or wherever you are online in 2023, how do you abide in Jesus? Well, you got to be part of a church every weekend. You got to be opening the word of God. That's why we're giving you these tools. Let me give you now two life hacks for abiding in Jesus or remaining in him. The first one we just covered, and that is set some habits. Any high-level athlete, from Usain Bolt to Steph Curry uh, to whoever else, they have habits, so when they wake up on Monday, they're not like, well, what should I do today? They already know it's Monday. It's leg day or it's shooting day or whatever it is. So so get some habits and, and just start simple. Start with the weekend. Then start with a little something each day. You'll build on this over time, okay? So habits we've covered. The second life hack I want to give you, this has helped me a lot to just stay close to Jesus. Uh, There's a Bible verse. I didn't put it in our notes. It's in Psalms. And it says, in the presence of God is fullness of joy. So here's the thing. God's joy is here. What happens with us is we're like, oh, yes, God, I want your joy. Then we wander away in life. We all do. It's normal, right? And, and we wander away, and then we go through a hard time, and we're like, where's the joy? And God's like, it's right here, but you just, you, you got to come back. So if you can learn every day, distraction, sin, sickness, uh, a fight with someone pulls you away from Jesus. What we're learning is the skill, the discipline, the life skill of saying, no matter what pulls me away from Jesus, I'm going to get a little faster at getting back with him. Does this make sense? This is what I'm trying to give you tools for. So uh, having some habits helps you because then whether you had a good day or a bad day, you just, you do your time with Jesus. Now here's another one, highs and lows. I I stole this one from my wife, Mel. She does this with our kids. When they come home from school at the dinner table, she'll say, what was your high? 
and what was your low? In other words, uh, what was the best thing that happened to you today or the worst thing that happened to you today? Uh, And I have found that you can do this in your relationship with God. It's a great way to connect with God. So here's what it looks like. Highs, receive every good thing in your life as a gift from God. So do you love watching the sunrise or the sunset? Enjoy it. And as you do, say, God, thank you for that. Do you love the flavor of a certain food? Say, wow, Lord, thank you for that flavor. When you have a connection with your spouse or you have a day where your kid actually likes you, you can say, wow, thank you, Lord. James puts it this way, every good gift, every good thing that ever happens in your life, every hug, uh, every rest after hard work, every healing from sickness, it's all from your Father in heaven. So learn to receive it as such. This was really hard for me. I walked with Jesus for, I don't know, probably 15 years. Uh, until a friend of mine said, John, um, you, you know all these other things, but you don't seem to be able to receive God's good gifts. I needed to hear that. It opened up something in me. It changed me. And, and now I receive things when they're good as a gift from God. Uh, here's an example. Actually, that same friend, he uh, has a few cars and he knows I'm a car guy. So within the last week, there was a day where it was dry and the salt was washed off the roads. And he said, John, would you want to take Jack out in my Porsche 911 GT3? That's a, that's a special edition one. It's insanely fast. And so, you know, we thought about it. We molded over and we decided that we would do him this favor. So... So we did. Maybe sometime I'll show you the video because we have these videos where Jack's holding the phone and I will hammer it for the launch to accelerate. And he literally couldn't hold the phone there. It kept hitting him in the face because the car just accelerates so fast. And you can hear the audio. Me and Jack are just giggling like little schoolgirls. But there's the raw power of this thing. And it was so fun for me to be able to say to Jack, Jack, you know, aren't cars awesome? Like, this is such a gift from God. Like, we can receive this, that we get to enjoy this as a gift from God. There's people in the world who own that car who don't enjoy it as much as we did. Why? God gives the ability to enjoy. And and whatever you're into, some of you, this isn't about cars. For you, it might be sewing, or it might be rowing, or it might be, you know, connecting with your friends or the flavor of food. Whatever the good things are in life, receive them as gifts from God. It's a great way to walk with him. And then lows are the opposite of that. Lows is this, use every painful thing in your life as an opportunity to turn to God. Here's what's, what's cool about this. If you set some habits at the baseline of your life, weekend I'm in church, on certain days, I'm at least in the word of God. You're going to do those no matter what. But every week, you're going to have some highs and you're going to have some lows. And if you learn to also meet God in those times, well, now you're covering like quite a bit of your day between all of that. And then as you learn to do this more and more, you'll have things that a high that in the past you wouldn't have thought of God. Now you're like, oh God, I see you, you gave that to me. Uh, Or in a low, wow, God, I know you're not the author of pain. You're not the author of this difficulty I'm in, but I know I can call out to you in it. Jeremiah says this, call to me, God's speaking. Call to me and I will answer you. So some of you know, if you've been here for a while, I've got this rare medical condition called a hemiplegic episode or a hemiplegic migraine. It's the super rare subset of a migraine. And, And for the people who get it, when you get it, you have the symptoms of a stroke. 
Now, frankly, since we've moved here five years ago, I've hardly had any. Had one about a year ago. It was a very light one. Well, Thursday of this week, um, I had the worst one that I've had in a long time. And so what that meant is there were a couple hours. There's always this kind of two to four hour stretch where the the numbness as it kind of travels around on one half of my body it burns as it does. And it's just, it's just pain. There's no other way to put it other than you just kind of have to get through the pain. And this might sound weird. Um, I've had this thing since I was in high school. When I'm in that pain, I don't like it. I don't want it. It is usually the times that I'm closest to God because there's, there's just nothing else. I mean, there's nothing else that can make it go away. We've tried different medications, whatever. You just have to go through it. And I just lay there and usually I'll turn on very gentle worship music and I'll turn off the lights and I'll lay there and it's just, God, I thank you that this is gonna end. I thank you that in heaven I have a body that'll never go through this. Um, I thank you that you're with me right now. I thank you that you know what this feels like. And and I'm telling you guys, I know many of you have health things that are are far worse than mine. Um, But I'm telling you, no matter what your thing is, whether it's health or emotions, or your finances, or your career, in your lows, you can connect with God. Uh, In fact, I I would kind of gently make an observation. Most of the people, as a pastor, I've worked with a lot, most people are pretty good at connecting with God in the highs or in the lows, but not both. So, you know, which one are you? I know people are like, oh man, when life's good, I just, I can sense God's with me. But when life's bad, I feel he's far away. Or are you the opposite? When life's bad, you're real good at calling out to God. But when life's good, you tend to forget about him. If you're here and you're a little more mature and you're saying, well, John, what's for me in this message? I would suggest to you highs and lows and focus on the one that you're weaker at and say, God, this year, even in my lows, I want to experience you or even in my highs. Well, I told you I was going to give you a ton of tips, so here's another one. I I just want to help you abide in Jesus. It's where the joy is. It's where the peace is. And uh, you notice Usain Bolt was training with a group. You'll do better with a group. God designed you and me as social creatures. We're designed for relationship. There's no top athlete who trains by themselves every day. Um, Usain Bolt, those top sprinters, They have to train with other top sprinters to keep them sharp. Otherwise, they'll just get a little little lazy, a little relaxed, and they'll lose their edge. You've got to have some people with you. And so we have a number of ways that you can do that here. Getting on a serve team is a good start. Getting into a small group. This is actually my family's small group. You see some other families from our church there, a whole bunch of the kids. And again, if you want, you can just take a picture of that. And later, you can text the word group. Um, I've got a list of groups that are designed to meet you where you're at. And to get one of these, text this word enjoy. I warned you guys, right? I'm just giving you a ton of stuff here. Listen to these groups. We have a group starting called Mom to Mom. So if you're a mom of preschoolers or elementary kids and you just want to connect with some other moms during the school day, um, go to Mom to Mom. If you are a young adult, maybe you're in your 20s, you're single, you're trying to make the right choices, but a lot of your friends want to drink and party and other stuff, we've got small groups of young adults who you can hang out with. Uh, Maybe you're in suffering. We've got a group called Finding God 
in your suffering. All these are listed there if you text the word enjoy to that number. I won't ask for a raise of hands, but is there anyone who needs to get in shape after the holidays? We've got an awesome group called the Mini Marathon. This is a true community. You don't have to be a runner. Many people walk it. Um, and this is an awesome community. It's also listed there if you text enjoy. We've got a group called the Daniel Plan, which is a Bible study by Rick Warren about how to eat right and get your nutrition in line. We've got uh, many groups down at our fitness center, including one called Boot Camp. Listen to these other groups. Every one of these is a real group that's starting in January that is available to you. We've got a group called Divorce Care for people who've gone through divorce. We've got a group called Grief Share for people who've lost a spouse. We've got a group called Financial Peace University. If you just feel like you can't get your finances in order, that group has amazing results year after year. We've got a budget workshop. We've got a group called Boundaries. Boundaries is this thing where if you love someone, usually a relative, but they like, they don't respect any boundaries. And you're like, how do I love them? Boundaries is a whole class to teach you how to do that. We've got a group for widows called New Life Forward. We've got a infant and child loss care group. We've got a chronic illness group. Do you get the point? I'm not going to read them all. These are all real groups, real people in this real body of Christ who want to train with you, who want to help you experience God right in the middle of what you're going through. And there's even more there if you text the word enjoy. Well, at this point, I'm hoping you've found at least one step. Uh, And if you haven't, um, I think it's on you. (laughs) Okay. Now, I'm not going to unpack this second point. This is sort of a preview of next week. Um, The next secret to a joyful life is to discover the joy of answered prayer. Not, I'm not going to preach this, but I just have to show you the verse. This is my verse for 2023. Jesus, same passage we're studying, says this. If you remain in me, that's what we're learning, right? How do you remain in him? None of us are perfect, okay? We're not, I hope you know, Connection Point is not a place. None of us are like, oh, you didn't show up or, you know, like we're just cheering you on, okay? We're here to help you. Jesus says, if you remain in me, that's what we're encouraging you to do. And my words remain in you. Listen to this. This is one of those verses. This verse could change your life. If you believe this verse, Jesus says, if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish. Ask whatever you wish, Jesus says. When you're walking with me and my words in you, it's gonna shape your desires. I'm gonna plant desires in you for God-sized things. You're gonna pray those and then I'm gonna do them and it is going to uh, unleash in you a level of joy that no possession or accomplishment or experience in this world, Disneyland can't do it, Disney World can't do it and this is what I'm getting to live and I can't wait to tell you guys more about it next week. But what if 2023 was your year that you said, I believe that verse is true. And for one year, I'm gonna remain in Jesus like never before. I'm gonna have his words in my mind like never before. And I'm gonna boldly ask for God-sized things like never before. I, I would suggest that your life would never be the same in a good way. I'm gonna close with a heartwarming story of a believer just like you and me who has learned to abide with Jesus and found himself in his workplace in a situation where people had no hope. 
Uh, this person happens to be a commentator for ESPN. His name's Dan Orlovsky. And what happened was when Damar Hamlin, if you don't watch football, Damar Hamlin um, got hit in the chest and his heart stopped beating. He collapsed on the football field and he was technically dead. The EMTs ran out and they did CPR. They used the little EKG thing. They shocked his heart back to life. And all of NFL for about a week has just been stunned. Like, what do we do? In the middle of that is a believer who's not being religious. He's not being pushy. He's just a guy you can tell who remains in Jesus, who abides in him. Check out what he did. Go ahead and take a look. Football gave me everything, you know, and I think even through the midst of absolute tragedy last night, I think you saw some of the beauty of football mm -hmm. as well, that it's brought us all here together. Um, you know, like, this is a little bit different. I heard, I've heard it all day, like thoughts and prayers, and you just heard Scherf and Jonathan Allen say, like, all we can do is pray for him, and I've heard the Buffalo Bills organization say, like, we believe in prayer, and maybe this is not the right thing to do, but I want it's just on my heart that I want to pray for It is. Demar Hamlin right, right, right now. Um, I'm going to do it out loud. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm just going to pray for him. Um, God, we come to you in these moments that we don't understand, that are hard, uh, because we believe that you're God, and coming to you and praying to you um, has impact. We're, we're sad. We're angry. Um, and we want answers, but some things are unanswerable. We just want to pray. Truly come to you and pray for strength for Damar, for healing for Damar, for comfort for Damar, to be with his family, to give them peace. If we didn't believe that prayer didn't work, we wouldn't ask this of you, God. Um, I believe in prayer. We believe in prayer. We lift up Damar Hamlin's name in your name. Amen. 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 It's beautiful. Respectfully. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah. By the way, God has answered that prayer. Uh, Damar was released from the hospital. Uh, he's been at home. He's actually about to start training again uh, at the Bills facility. God answers prayer. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish. What if that's true? We'll talk more about that next week. But this week, I want to send you out with this kind of inspirational visual. Imagine. Thousands of us in this movement. Imagine if we were all to go out this week into our workplaces and we were just to abide with Jesus, just like that guy you saw on TV. Not necessarily speaking up, only if the Spirit leads you to speak up, but whether you speak with your mouth or not, you're walking with Jesus in your highs, in your lows, and you've got some habits that keep you connected to him throughout. What if in our schools that was happening? Well, what if in our homes that was happening this week? What if we had a, a whole year where we as a movement, every single one of us just said, I'm just going to get a little bit closer to Jesus every day. I'm just going to abide in him a little bit more every day. I would suggest that our minds will be blown by what God will do in us and through us in the level of supernatural joy that's just waiting in the presence of God. So to summarize everything today, it's a very simple decision. Would you join me in this? Choose to make this your year. Just choose to say, this is my year where there will be more joy in my life, but the reason is this, I'm gonna walk closer with Jesus. And I actually want, as we, as we conclude, to just 
If you're making that choice, if you're joining me, it's a choice I'm making, and you're just saying, I do wanna be closer to Jesus this year, then, then would you just join me by standing? And if you're not there, that's okay. You can stay seated if you're not there. But if you're saying, that's my choice too, I do wanna be closer to Jesus, then just stand with me as a way of, of saying this very simply, God, I, I wanna know you more. I wanna obey you more. I wanna serve you more. I want to enjoy you more. Let me pray this over you. Father, I thank you that you are the source of joy and peace in life. And God, throughout history, we see believers in moments of darkness shining a bright light, not because we're something special, but because we're attached to someone special. And God, I pray over every home here. I pray over every marriage. I pray over every student, over every employee, over every retiree. God, would 2023 be a year where every one of us walks a little closer to you? where your, your joy is just magnetic to us and, and that your joy would fill us and complete us and overflow to help a world in need. God, this is our desire. We know the enemy's gonna come after us. He's gonna try to uh, distract us, but we just give you our wills right now and we tell you that we choose to walk closer to you this next week and this next year. We pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.